0: Hello everybody, I'd like to thank you all for watching the shows and for all your positive comments. I've really enjoyed communicating with you all through the comments section and uh, hearing how much your lives are changing because you're watching the shows. I can't tell you how much that means to me. To know that you're listening, you're, you're implementing what we speak about on the shows into your life and you're making a difference with this world. That's what we're all here to do, to make a difference in this world. Hi guys, Karen Swain here. For those who know me, (laughs) I know introduction. For those who don't, teacher of deliberate creation, host of Accentuate the Positive Media. I wanted to talk to you. I've got my cup of tea here. I've just come off a show with the beautiful Zoe Pennant, Chon Oneness. They're the beings that she um, connects with. But my guides have been asking me, my mob, call them the mob, have been asking me to talk about this uh, in a session with you for a while about resistance. And uh, so I'm going to talk about resistance. And also I'm going to answer a question or a message I got from Wendy about COVID. So let's have a look at resistance. One of the most important um, rules, laws, rules to life, laws, Seth said in the Seth books many years ago there are only two rules to life one you create your own reality and two there are no limits they're the rules you create your own reality and there are no limits so the laws I suppose law of attraction law of resistance what you uh, law of karma there are a few laws inside these rules a few a few things that we agree to before we come to this earthly experience and one of them is resistance what you resist persists it is such a powerful law it's such a powerful experience that where we place our focus as Esther would say we cannot scream no in a vibrational universe because what we give our attention to and where we place our emotion be it good or bad emotion the stronger the emotion the more energy uh, we build in order to manifest that which we are perceiving or looking at. Resistance is a powerful emotion. People resist what's going on. No, they scream no at things they don't want to see. They see atrocities in this world and there are many to see. There are many to see. And, uh, you know, the teachings of Abraham, Abraham would say uh, that if what you look at you cannot find an alignment with your joy or your source or happiness source of happiness then don't look at it i wouldn't say that i would say if you're looking at something that makes your heart uh, close up makes you cry makes you angry i would say keep looking at it until you can find peace at it peace within it because until you find peace within what you're looking at you are not a service to actually transform it Um, you know the beautiful Paul Selleck said on the show recently and I have to find it Hamer. or the guide said through Paul Selleck on the show recently when you can know the presence of the divine in whatever you see in whatever you see or whomever you see whatever you see or whomever you see is changed by your knowing this is how things are lifted the guides through pull selling so when we look out into this world and we th- see things that we disagree with as we place our focus on it and resist it we actually give it more power to be a stronger manifestation in this world whether we see it's something that's happening to others or something that's happening to us as abraham would say you cannot scream no in a vibrational universe and change what you're perceiving it's the same with yes screaming yes at it also gives it more energy to be a stronger manifestation so when you can look at something and know that there is a presence there is a divine in everything you see then you can transform what you see what you see is uplifted what you see is lifted i have a story to tell you about that Uh, i lived excuse me i lived in a house many years ago owned by this woman I had met her when I went to view the house and she seemed like a lovely woman and we got on we laughed she had a big personality I love people with big personalities you know and uh, we didn't get the house we put in an application for the house and we didn't get it and I was I had been dreaming about that house forever I had seen it in the paper for sale it was for sale and there was no way I could afford to buy it at the time but I just kept dreaming, oh, wouldn't it be so nice to live in this beautiful big house with a swimming pool and views for days and, oh, just divine. Uh, there was just no conceivable way I, I thought that I would ever live there, but it was, a, it was a lovely dream. Anyway, this woman had actually bought the house that I had seen for sale and I saw that it was for rent and I thought, oh, I wonder how much they want for it. So we went to see it and it was beyond what we could pay. And uh, we put in an application nonetheless and, they, and she gave it to somebody else or somebody else had applied before us. So having met her, I thought, mm, I enjoyed meeting this woman so much, even though we didn't get the house, I'm gonna ring her up and just say, look, it was lovely to meet you. I just rang to say, you know, congratulations on your new house and I hope your new tenants are good to you and all works out for you, just to give her a, a nice message. And what was really interesting, she said, oh, thank you so much for calling. It's lovely to meet you too. Uh, funnily enough the people that have have put in the application have decided to take on another house but I've had somebody else apply but they only want to take the little flat underneath the house that I want to take the whole house with the flat included and so now I'm just going to rent out the top of the house and I said well how much is that and we could afford it and so we ended up moving in there it's amazing it's amazing how I was in complete acceptance that this dream home that I wanted to live in, I didn't get, but I was in acceptance. I wasn't resisting the fact I didn't get it and we ended up living there. Well, did things unfold? So this lovely woman with her big personality ended up being quite bipolar. She had these two beautiful children and the people that had moved in underneath us into the little flat moved out and she and her two children moved in underneath us and the walls were very thin. And we could hear every conversation they had. And for months and months and months, I listened to her scream at her children and abuse them, verbally abuse them. Anyway, one of her children had cerebral palsy. And I listened to the most atrocious things that she said to this poor young woman, this poor young girl. She was ugly and deformed, and no one was ever going to love her. And she wished she'd never had her, and she was a burden, and all sorts of terrible things. Anyway. So she kicked her out of home one day and this poor young girl was out on the street crying and my daughter and I had heard the whole fight unfold. And I just said to my daughter, just go and tell her to come inside. And so she came inside and I said, don't worry, I'll look after you uh, until your mum calms down. You're welcome to stay here, not to worry. And so she said, thank you very much. But mum thought that that was the worst thing that I could ever do. And she was so incensed at me taking in her daughter that I wouldn't take her side and say yes isn't she a terrible girl and yes you know she's a burden to you and yes it's terrible it's terrible and agree with her point of view. She was so incensed that I didn't agree with her point of view (laughs) that she decided to to throw us out of the house and um, get the police over to try and kick us out of the house. Anyway one day uh, she came to the, the front door screaming and yelling. And I was trying my best to sort of calm her down, but we ended up walking out onto the street and the two of us were screaming and yelling at each other because I was saying, why are you so angry? Because I couldn't understand this woman. And my ego flared up and I'm like, you know, you, you don't have to fight everyone. And I'm screaming at her. I'm saying nice things, but I'm screaming at her. So, uh, so it looked like a big fight that we were having and she called the police and the police arrived. And she had given this police some story about how I'd beaten her up and I was an evil person. Anyway, she'd embellished this story about how terrible I was and the police arrived and they were angry. (laughs) As soon as I opened the door and I saw them, they're just standing there blank face, but I could feel their energy. And I could hear the conversation that, that, um, that this woman had given them and I could see how they felt. that's the beauty of being an empath right but from my point of view i was in the right and i was rescuing her daughter and i was doing the right thing but from her point of view i was the devil (laughs) anyway they had believed her story lock stock and barrel and they said you know we've been complaining that you've abused somewhere someone and we're here to see what's happening and they were just completely convinced that i was a criminal and that i had beaten up this woman and i knew no matter what i'd say that I couldn't change their mind. They had just decided that that was what was happening. They didn't wanna hear my point of view. It was so interesting. My guide said to me during this uh, situation, whatever you do, do not defend yourself. And I'm going, but, 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 like every, every inch of my ego wanted me, wanted to defend my point of view because I knew I was in the right. I knew that I was not doing anything terrible I did not beat up this woman and I had only rescued her daughter who she had literally beaten up and yet I was guided not to defend myself so as these policemen came into the house and looked around one's got his hand on his gun you know I they just said you know you've caused the ruckus, and the, the neighbors have complained and and I just said, yes, I'm, I'm very sorry. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Yes. I just agreed with them. No matter what they said. Yes. Yes. Right. It won't happen again. I didn't resist them in any way. Although every inch of me wanted to, my guidance was don't. And they really had nothing to arrest me for. <laughs> they really had no proof. They had one per- poor person's point of view. And so I could see their energy calming down as I was not resisting them or defending myself As their energy calmed down they realized they had nothing to arrest me for but they were trying to find something and so they were going well okay then well um don't do it again and um we're watching you and um if we hear another complaint uh you're going straight to jail you know they you could see the frustration because there was really nothing they could do and they so wanted to anyway they left and I just flopped down in the chair because I was exhausted because there was a fight going on inside me I wanted to defend my point of view and my guidance was saying whatever you do don't defend yourself and I said to my mob my guides what was that all about and they said they were so convinced that you were wrong that if you did defend yourself they would have uh, it would have flared up. There would have been an argument because they had their point of view, you had yours, and they would have defended their point of view, which was only a story they were given. And there would have been, you know, a fight, war. There would have been war, and they would have they would have taken you off to jail. That probably could have had nothing to arrest me on, but they would have carted me off in the in the in the police car. It was such a powerful lesson in what you resist persists in the law of resistance in like. Byron Katie says that defense is the first act of war as soon as you defend yourself you're now at war because we all like to think that we're right about whatever we believe in and it's hard to change people's minds (laughs) when they believe they're right about something especially when they think that they're doing the right thing they think they're doing the right thing by humanity or another or They're on the side of the good, you know, everyone, everyone on this planet's fighting the good fight. No matter what side you're on, the left or the right, good or evil, whatever side you're on, you think that it's right for you. And so you'll defend your point of view to the death. These are how wars are started in this world and finish, you know. This is what this world has been about. It's been about this polarization, these separate, different points of view. And as we move into more unity we want to move into more um, peace and peace is without the war in the mind there can be no peace in the world while there is a war in your mind and so uh, a lot of you will not agree with this because you want to defend your points of view and that's okay that's where you are now and life will give you experiences and lessons as it's given me to see how far you'll go and if you can let go of your point of view in order to have peace in this world there's nothing like having children to give you that lesson right <laughs> you're wrong you don't know anything oh mom you don't know anything and it was like you just instead of defending your point of view you just go yeah i'm wrong i don't know anything i'm stupid it doesn't actually mean that you believe it but in order to have peace You just don't defend your point of view defense is the first act of war so this is how we transform things by allowing the energy to move you know there's this classic um, experiment or 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 thing where you put you ask someone to press against your hand and then you push back and then the other one pushes and you push and you push as we defend our point of view and push against each other as we resist each other there is no movement there is just this struggle (laughs) of energy and as one person lets go then movement comes back in and this is what transformation is about when we stop pushing against what we hate or disagree with and we can see the divine and everything then it transforms movement there is you can put movement inside of what you think is fixed and still but what we do as humans is when we see something that we don't like or don't agree with we fight against it we resist it we get all up in arms about it and say no this can't be and Esther had said many times when I used to listen to her years ago Esther from the teachings of Abraham that this is what we do in our uh, government we have the war against terrorism and the war against teenage pregnancy and the war against drugs and the war against this and the war against that and at the moment we've got the war against a virus and as we focus on what we don't like it expands and there's never been a more powerful example of that than what's been happening in our world right now as the media focuses on it and we've got the war against the virus and we're trying to find a vaccine and and uh you know this is terrible this is terrible we've got to stop it we've got to resist it um we're literally creating the pandemic the pandemic of fear and 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 all of you know that when you lower your vibration when you're fearful when you're scared when you're angry when you're upset you lower the energy that nurtures the body you feel it as negative emotion and if you keep that negative emotion up negative emotion is guidance because we're we're energetic beings we live in an energetic universe and we're energetic beings and how we flow our energy is how we manifest and create our lives And we know how we flowed our energy because we have this incredible feedback system, this loop, this feedback system that shows us how we're flowing our energy. It's called our emotions, energy and motion. And as we feel bad, we get to experience how we're flowing our emotion. The better we feel, the faster we're flowing our emotion, the more amount of energy we flow. The better we feel, the faster we're flowing our energy, the more energy we're flowing through us. I used to experiment with this at the treadmill when I was young. I used to be on the treadmill thinking, I hate being on the treadmill, I hate exercising, I'm doing this because, you know, I want to be fit, I want to look good, I want to attract a boy. Got to look good, got to look good, got to look good like all the girls on the magazine, so I've got to get on this treadmill and run. And as I was thinking these negative thoughts, I had no energy or, I, you know, I was young, I had energy, but I had less energy and it was laborious and I was not enjoying the experience. But as I started to think about better things, like just daydream or fantasize I forgot that I was on the treadmill and then I noticed that I was if I was thinking about better things usually back in those days it was some boy so thinking about some you know delicious boy that I fancied I found that more energy flowed through my body and I could effortlessly run on this treadmill and uh, it wasn't laborious anymore so as we think and feel we allow energy to flow And the happier we are, the more energy we allow to flow into our lives, into our bodies. It nurtures our immune system. It nurtures the health of our body. And as we think in a way that doesn't feel good, we gradually pinch off the flow of energy that flows to us and through us. And so resistance is that. Resistance is an energy that does not feel good when you get upset or angry or pissed off when you resist something you're literally pinching off your power to change it what you're looking at so when you can look at something and see that there is divinity in that too as Paul Selleck said on the show fear is of God as well fear is just an energy that's forgotten it's of God so that's what happens when we get fearful we forget that it's all God it's all created by the one infinite creator the one source and this source is a source of pure positive energy it is a source of love so resistance it's an experience as zoe and i discussed which i'll be uploading soon it's an experience we can have until we don't want to have it anymore like i'm in resistance i'm experiencing less Uh, energy I'm experiencing less joy and less love I'm in resistance or I can let go of the resistance and I can be love I can love what is like how can I find a way to love what is so that's uh yeah they wanted me to talk about resistance and then there is this question ah this question here from Paulette what about contracts how powerful are they is there a point of trying to be positive really relevant if we have a contract for certain things anyway and does your human self disagree with your higher self and who trumps the decision yeah that's a good question what about contracts is there a point of being uh, positive really relevant if there if everything's contract so so what she's talking about is if you've signed up for drama before you get here to see how you're going to handle it maybe you said maybe i want to be diagnosed with cancer or divorce or my child is going to die or my father's going to beat me up or i'm going to come from abusive parents or i'm going to be abandoned when i'm a child or whatever you write into your soul contract as she's put it here or your soul plan you know what's the point of being positive if it's all going to happen but i tell you what such an interesting question being positive means that you enjoy your life no matter what happens so yes you've written in some contracts if you like or some agreements that you've had with people before you come to experience contrast so you can experience the contrast through positivity or you can experience the contrast through negativity that's your choice is it really relevant in being positive if crappy things are going to happen to you Crappy things only happen to you when you feel crappy about them. Terrible things can happen to you and you can feel good about it. Is it a terrible thing that has happened or is it just a change? So you could get thrown out of your house and you could feel crappy about it and whinge and complain and then the inconvenience of having to find another house somewhere else to live and whinge and complain about that. Or you could get excited and you can say, oh, wow, the universe is bringing me another place to live in that I'll probably like more it'll be a combination of my desires wrapped into one you know this place was good but that place will be better so you could be excited about it you could get fired from your job you could be worried and upset how am I going to pay my bills this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me or you could be like Wow, I can finally get to do something I really want to do instead of this job that you know, I liked but it was just you know, kind of mundane and boring and it just paid the bills. You know, there's something better out there for me. So it's all perspective, isn't it? Stuff happens and then we get to choose how we respond or react to it. So is there a point of being positive if crap's going to happen? Absolutely. Being positive for one allows energy to flow and then allows what you're desiring to manifest quicker and more powerfully and it feels good yeah you know, the only reason that you want anything really is because you think in the having of it you'll feel good but feeling good's available to you now even inside crappy things happening so someone you love could die that could be really crappy it could be it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me I've lost them I'll never see them again. I'll never have those experiences again that I thought we were going to experience. You know, there's a lot of drama that we wrap around death. Or you could say, wow, I always wanted to deepen my spiritual journey. And this lover, this best friend, this relative of mine is giving me the opportunity to reach, as I reach to reconnect with them on the other side, I'm going to find stronger and better connection to my own soul, to my own higher self, because they now exist as I know them in that environment, in that environment of pure positive energy. So it's more important for me now to be positive and happy because in my higher vibration, I'm more of a match to reconnect with this one that I love, that has left their body, that has dropped the body. So it's deepening your spiritual journey. That's why we wrote the book Awakened by Death. It's deepening. So it might be a desire answered. There's just so many ways we can look at it in a negative or positive way. But every time we look at something in a more positive way, in a better feeling way, we're more connected to our own source, our own sense of our true nature, the love within us. So yeah. There is a point in trying to be positive, even if you've signed up for crap, <laughs> you've signed up for contrast. The more the more you practice seeing the divinity in everything, seeing the gift, the silver lining, you'll be so surprised at how this becomes your default setting. And when stuff happens, instead of getting all torn up about it, you kind of can breeze through it and and see the gift and and find the silver lining really quickly instead of suffering over it you know pain is inevitable suffering is optional how long do you want to suffer how long do you want to grieve how long do you want to worry how long do you want to stay in your anger and your upset and your unforgiveness these are all choices we're giving it's called free will now here's a message from Wendy (laughs) I love the way she puts this message Hi Karen, I love your interviews and listen to them on YouTube all the time. I think you are smart, compassionate and curious about the universe in a way that is both entertaining and challenging. However, I was really disturbed by the most recent interview you posted and your assumptions about the dangers of you know C19. You and your guest inferred that there is some kind of conspiracy. By whom? To what purpose? I understand that the demographic of your locale might give you a sense of security that makes the restrictions seem absurd. However, I live in the USA, outside of Chicago, and the virus is no joke here. How, uh, what should I say? We have lost almost 60,000 souls in less than two months, more than all the casualties in the Vietnam War. I have seen the efforts of this on our healthcare workers and systems, as well as family members who have contracted the virus. It's brutal, she says. You and your guests bragged about not watching the news. Perhaps you should watch some of the interviews at hospitals uh, within the victims of this disease before you pronounce it a conspiracy. Yes, we will all die. And yes, when our time is up, it's up. But your arrogance regarding your right to walk unencumbered on the beach in the face of such genuine human loss and suffering is shockingly selfish and tone deaf. I'm glad that you haven't been impacted, but hundreds of thousands of people have have been, albeit perhaps not where you live best, Wendy. Interesting comment, isn't it? She loves me on one hand and hates me on the other. I'm glad you haven't been impacted, but you are arrogant. (laughs) It's such an interesting comment. And I think she was talking about the show. I did respond to her. It was an email that she sent to me. I didn't hear back from her. I did respond to her in a long email. Uh, I think she was talking about Mary Rodwell and I having a bit of a giggle and making light of it all. And uh, she wasn't happy about it. Like, how can you be happy in the face of so many deaths? And, yeah. Yeah this death thing makes us all so angry as I discussed with Zoe both in this show I just did with her recently or today just an hour or so ago and at the beginning of the year when we talked about all the koalas dying you know from the perspective of source there is no death there is a, a physical experience and then the end of a physical experience and returning home from whence we come and then reincarnating or having another physical experience if we choose and with animals they understand that they're not as caught up with death as we are even though apparently billions of australian animals died during the fires the animals themselves weren't too concerned about it because there are animals left that will give birth to more animals and the numbers will go up again even though there's a lot of people saying that the koala population is near extinction after the fires it can all be uh, come back again. So we do get upset when a lot of people die. And uh, she said we've lost nearly 60,000 souls in less than two months. It's interesting because until this virus thing hit, I don't think we ever thought about how many people die in a day of different diseases. We didn't think about how many souls come and go from this world. And now the news is reporting it, as I've said many times, like a soccer score. And what they're doing, doctors are paid fifteen to thirty-five to $39,000 extra if they put on the death certificate that people died by COVID. Or, um, yeah, there's memes going around saying, you know, commit suicide, died by COVID, hit by a car, died by COVID. There's doctors getting paid for that. So I think that the 60,000 deaths that are reported uh, in the media are greatly exaggerated that they... Um, they actually died from this virus you know maybe some did maybe some didn't maybe 60,000 did who knows but more than that die every day from other things anyway people come and go from this world as do the insects daily trillions of insects die ants think about it ants and flies and mosquitoes there is this cyclical there is this cycle of life birth and death of birth and death and birth and death and until something is sensationalized in the media all these deaths you know we don't on a day-to-day basis get too upset about it or worry about it it just happens billions of people die of starvation every year millions die every month of starvation. millions die every week of car accidents heart attack cancer there are literally millions of people coming and going and dying of different things every day so what are we going to do are we going to cry over the deaths of these people or not remember what you resist persists and as you lower your vibration you're not in power to actually change anything so I'm sorry that if my lightheartedness about death upsets you but being angry about it and upset doesn't help So she doesn't really give a question here. She's just uh, being disgusted at me, really. Uh, And I just wanted to address it. We have a choice. We have a choice in all this. We have a choice to look at the benefits to our world uh, from all that's happening or to get upset about it. And then as we're upset, when we see people who aren't upset, we get even more upset. Isn't it funny how when we're upset about something and then we see someone laughing, how that makes us even more upset because we're not a vibrational match. We're not a vibrational match to the frequency. How dare you laugh in the face of this tragedy? Believe you me, the ones that have died, they're not upset. <laughs> they're probably laughing for the first time in ages, especially if you're really sick. Uh, imagine imagine being really old really sick and having put up with a lot of pain for so many years maybe bedridden and then all of a sudden you drop your body and there is this sense of freedom and bliss and expansion and knowing and love that rushes at you and this sense of returning home and joy and bliss and reconnection with the loved ones who have passed while still being connected to people who are physically incarnated both connected to their physical experience and also with them in spirit because you have to remember that we're here and there simultaneously there is no death and birth there is just life in this experience and in other experiences and it's all happening all the time one of the shows i did with um, dr leo galland about his son who had died 30 years ago, who was uh, mentally challenged. Uh, He was about 20, 21, 22 when he died. Early 20s anyway. And um, uh, he had come to him after he died and said to him, "Uh, you know, you and I, Dad, we talk about about you uh, and your physical life and how funny you are. As this scientist and this doctor and how sort of serious you get and how you're all into all the details he said what do you mean you talk about me he said well you're already here you know I'm talking to you as a spirit while you're here physically focused and having a physical life so there is no there and here where both simultaneously and uh, death is just that withdrawal of your focus from the physical experience so that you can, well, so that you're no longer having a physical experience really, but you're already dead and alive simultaneously. It's uh, just that as part of you having a physical experience, while your spiritual part of you is always there, always having a spiritual experience. So, oh, I don't know, how do you want to look at this? There's so many ways to look at life, but um, as Zoe and I discussed today, stay loving, stay in the moment stay curious and uh, watch and see how the, all this uh, drama that we're going through plays out in this human world in this physical world and and how it will transform the hearts and the minds of many who are starting to rethink the way we do life and and they're looking for better ways they're looking for authority within instead of listening to the authority without and And as the authority outside of us kind of looks crazy and they try and lock us in our homes and stop us from doing things, people are starting to question it. It's a transformative time. It's an exciting time. And I hope you're enjoying the journey. Love you all. Big love. Bye for now.